Hello and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, hello. So today's episode is all about the supply lines are cut and it is freezing in the camp as a result. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, uh, how do you feel about winter? And, uh, you know, have you ever been without heat? So I actually really like winter. I used to hate it, but now as an adult, I really like it because I couldn't stand like sweating. But I think that that's because I don't have to stand outside for uh, the bus anymore. So like the bus to school. So now I kind of like winter, but we'll circle back to that in like January where I'm like freezing cold. But um, fortunately, no, no, actually, that's a lie. It was Hurricane Sandy, and I was without heat and power for, like, 10 days, and that was terrible. Fortunately, like, that was an anomaly kind of situation, and my family has Mm -hmm. never, like, had to live without heat, like, fortunately. But yeah, no, that was awful. Very, very cold. Yeah, uh, Hurricane Sandy, for everyone outside of the New York, New Jersey area, is a very, like, big deal for anyone within (laughs) this area. But I feel you. We were kind of quick about that. We got kind of stuff back on quickly. But there definitely has been other big things where we had to go a little bit without heat during these big weird moments of like natural weather phenomenon. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I hate the winter. I am kind of the opposite of you. I as a kid, I really loved the winter and snow. Because, you know, I love the holidays and my birthdays in that time frame. Mm -hmm. So it's all like, I love winter setting. I love winter movies and like winter ideas. But like existing in the cold is the worst thing that's (laughs) ever happened. Um, I hate ice. Ice is the most dangerous thing in the world. And I just like kind of can't move. When it gets too cold and it's awful and I I don't want to become one of these people who like move to Florida, but like that is the one time a year where I'm like, I kind of want to move to Florida or California just so I don't have to deal (laughs) with this anymore. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I hate the feeling of being cold, but I like the winter months, if that makes sense. Mm. I think like you said, like I like the winter setting and the idea of winter. I just hate being outside in the cold, which I think is everybody and also very like reminiscent of this episode. (laughs) This is quite the intense episode. Let's get into that. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode was called Crisis. And when the supply lines are cut, the 4077 has to band together to keep the unit running and stay warm. Vanessa, what did you think of this episode? I loved this episode so much. It was so funny. They really hit with the comedy in this episode. It was so, so good. Um, It wasn't like a huge like plot line. There was like mm-hmm. basically like what you said, the supply line is cut and they have to stay warm is the entirety of the plot of the episode. But the humor in this was just so, so good. Yeah, no, I feel you. This is... I think one of the best like examples of what MASH like is to me because in other shows when this happens like if food and heat's cut off and it's a comedy show and not like trying to make you think about like the devastation of man or whatever they <laughs> they would play it where it's like everybody's going crazy you know everybody's kind of losing their minds blah 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 but that doesn't really happen like they get on each other's like nerves but they're not like comedy insane you know they're all like it's pretty realistic but still pretty funny 
to what the situation would be of having to deal with having to, you know, get together and have to conserve food and uh, sleep together for heat uh, without going into this, like, wacky comedy exaggerated mode. So I think it kind of really captures the spirit of, like, what MASH tries to do really well. At certain points in this episode, I had said to myself when I was writing down my notes, I was like, this just feels very realistic of, like, how everybody would act in this situation. Like, just... All of the characters felt so in character, if that makes sense, just like with like the zany things that they did to like keep warm or like Frank being a jerk, like in that situation, it just like felt very real and organic for how these mm-hmm. characters would react in this situation. And I, I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and not too over the top. It plays out really well. And it, it starts with this kind of funny thing with uh, Henry in his tent talking to Radar as he calls over, you know, the usual gang and Father Mulcahy. And he's like, this is the most serious announcement I've ever had to make. And I fully thought it was going to be like a total swipe, like not what you thought it was a gag, but it is kind of serious. He is legitimately telling them like, hey, the supply lines have been cut and everyone has to take on these like different jobs. Uh, the, the, the only joke is that, you know, Radar goes like, oh, should we make drinks for everybody? You know, Henry's like, no, 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 no. This is a very serious, important meeting. So he takes a drink from uh, Radar's hand, drinks it, and says, no booze, uh, which is just <laughs> a very, uh, very Henry kind of gag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Henry was being like the best version of a commanding officer that Henry could be, like the best version of himself. He was trying so hard to be serious because it was a serious situation. And so as he's addressing them, I thought it was really funny when Trapper was just like, welcome to the Henry Blake cliche festival, because he was trying to make this big announcement of like, it's very important. And he was using all of these like crazy cliches. And it was very funny. He says like every single line that you would imagine like the president in some overdramatic movie (laughs) trying to rally, you know, America together. Yeah, one for all and all for one and all this kind of stuff. It was very funny. (laughs) It was very funny. And then it kind of immediately goes into how the camp has to deal with uh, the, the supply lines being cut off. Heat specifically, they don't really deal with food too much outside of like one gag with uh, Frank and Margaret that we'll like get to, but it's mostly them trying to conserve heat. Yeah, Henry assigns everybody these like different tasks to look out for. Like Trapper is the person who is going around and making sure that the camp is conserving like heat and energy and whatnot. Frank is put in charge of uh, food and stuff like that. And I thought it was really cute that Father Mulcahy was there and Henry kind of like forgot about him and didn't give him a job, but he assigned him to be uh, the morale officer. (laughs) And I thought that that was so cute. And in this scene right after this, Father Mulcahy is like trying to do that as best he can. And he's playing bingo with the uh, enlisted men. And he's calling out these Bible verses as bingo. And it's just so, so funny. I love the religious jokes in this show. They play them so well. The fact that he's calling like Isaiah 26 or whatever to to call out bingo. Because, uh, you know, you think the joke is to explain comedy uh, that you think it's like a sermon or whatever. And then like slowly revealed to be bingo. And it's just like. It feels so in character for him to like this kind of exaggerated, like everything is about the Bible. 
but he's such a sweet man, like such a genuinely <laughs> nice guy that everyone is just like, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense for him. <laughs> and then Klinger like wins bingo, but like Frank is really mad that they're playing with like coffee beans. <laughs> and it's just like this most ridiculous thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny because Frank was put in charge of like the food supply, as I said, and he's like, oh, you're wasting these coffee beans by playing bingo with them. How could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And then basically in the next scene, he had stolen this ham that he was going to share with Margaret. And it's just like, of course, Frank would be so in Frank mode of you have to be the best you could be. And this is a crisis situation and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, taking advantage of his position to further like help himself. Typical mm-hmm. Frank. Frank in this one, I thought was really funny because he he's was. in full blown like I'm a good American boy kind of mode. Yeah. But literally every opportunity he gets, he cheats at something. Like <laughs> nobody else kind of, you know, screws anybody over in this. It's all very like, you're annoying, but I'm not out to like get you. But mm-hmm. Frank is like very much like I'm here to serve myself. I got uh, <laughs> Margaret and I a nice ham. Were they eating with their hands? I don't remember them having like an actual fork and knife trying no, to eat this. No, they had I... fork and knife, yeah. <laughs> okay. This in my in my brain I, I exaggerated to the worst outcome. <laughs> it was really funny in the scene as well. Trapper and Hawkeye come in and they kind of like catch them with the ham. And it was just like that whole exchange between the four of them was just really well done. It would not serve the purpose of like rehashing everything that they did. But if you haven't watched the episode, definitely go watch the episode for this scene. It's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. I love this whole ham exchange. And <laughs> again, Hawkeye and Trapper aren't out to get anybody in this one. They're just kind of Mm -hmm. genuinely doing their jobs, but, you know, being Hawkeye and Trapper about it. Like, when they take the ham from uh, Margaret and Frank, Frank is like, well, how do we know you're not going to eat it? And they're like, we're... Like, they do make a joke about it, but it's pretty clear that, like, they're just not going to. They're, like, going to actually put it in with the supplies. (laughs) And I, I love that. Like, it's not a story about, like winter madness where everybody loses their mind it's everybody trying to work together but in these extreme circumstances that you could play for like genuine drama but they do like the comedy version of it really well that made me think i know that we've seen before them being in like a winter situation where it's like super cold but have we ever had them not have supplies like have supplies been cut off at any point in time before this episode i don't think so there was the the long john episode where Mm -hmm. they're all trading around this one pair of underwear together um but it wasn't like this big dramatic like we all have to band together kind of situation it was just like really cold even like the long john episode is way more antagonistic where they're they're (laughs) very much out to you know screw each other over as they're trying to preserve their own body heat and it's funny because henry wears long johns in this episode and i was like ah in previous ones that would have solved everything but now because (laughs) it's not about that he's still cold Speaking of keeping warm, um, I thought the scene where we get two scenes of this, but we'll talk about the first one where they all like pile into the swamp to have like sleep together to keep warm so that they don't have to heat all of the tents. 
I thought that this scene was great. And this was one of the scenes where I felt like everybody was like really in character. Like this is how the characters would react. Like Henry having to get up to use the bathroom and like stepping all over people and stuff like that. I thought this was just so, so funny. Everybody's coming in and out felt very relatable to me. Like, again, we have, I haven't really been in the situation where like I have to conserve heat or whatever, like not to a dramatic degree, but like I feel like I've been through this kind of thing before where it's just like keep the door closed and everybody's (laughs) trying to like go through the door and like, oh, I forgot this, I forgot that. And you're like, just let me sleep. Um, (laughs) It's very, it was very relatable. It was like an annoying slumber party. Yes. And I thought it was really funny. Um, So Klinger's in the tent with them and he's putting on cold cream and like getting ready to do his nails and stuff. And I thought it was really, first of all, that itself was very funny. And then the fact that Frank kind of took an interest in Klinger's nighttime routine was very cute to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Frank at first is like, oh, I would never sleep with an enlisted man. And I'm just like, oh, of course he's that kind of classist guy. But, like, he kind of quickly gets over that and is like, oh, my wife has the same kind of face cream, (laughs) which is just so genuinely endearing. Frank is, like, the perfect kind of, like, weird scumbag character this episode where he's, like, (laughs) it's never, like, too much where he becomes, like, actually annoying. He's, like, Mm -hmm. the perfect kind of annoying where it's funny and, like, makes sense for the context of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. This scene, this was the first night that they were needing to all sleep in the same tent. And they kind of like got along still. And it was like, okay. And but then after that, of course, there is incoming wounded, even though they said that there was not going to be wounded. And so they all have to, you know, like get up and whatnot. It was just really funny because they had all just like finally gotten comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, incoming wounded. (laughs) This episode is mostly a good fun time where you're not really thinking about the danger of the situation. But this scene where they, first of all, like have to get out of bed when they're literally trying to fall fall asleep and then have to like operate on people in the cold with like very little supplies was the only part of the episode where I was fully like, oh, this is a dangerous situation. This is not Mm -hmm. something they really should be in. But nothing like super dramatic happened, but it's very clear that it was like under this certain pressure that they don't normally have. And it was a nice balance between the kind of everybody needs to be each other's like roommate kind of humor of this, you know, situation towards having it be like a legitimate like okay we need supply without kind of going over the top i i really like this part of the episode kind of enriched the whole thing for me you know what i mean yeah absolutely and i i wrote down in my notes i said this part is giving the incubator episode because they even make the point that of course they can send wounded but they can't send supplies like if nothing else the one constant is that they are going to get wounded and yeah I I agree with you that it was not like a huge shift because it was like super quick and not anything that like was harped on but it was reminding the audience that hey they still have to operate in these like really crappy situations so remember that yeah it wasn't like all their patients like died due to yeah uh, the lack of supplies but it did kind of remind you that like this is real and like dangerous and they're stretched Thin. It felt like they were being stretched thin in like yeah. a really kind of 
not subtle, but not overplayed way. I keep saying that, but this episode kind of strikes like the right tone of it where it's not too much, but not too little. I really like the balance of this one. Yeah, absolutely. And then after this first OR scene, you come back into the situation where everybody has to be roomies. And I thought that this scene was very funny (laughs) because you could tell that they were kind of like over it at this point. They had just operated. They were like cold. They were annoyed. And they were kind of not dealing with each other's shit. And in this scene, we find out that Frank has these electric socks that Hawkeye and Trapper are trying to steal. And it was very, very funny. (laughs) This is the other situation of Frank being like out for himself, which was so funny. First of all, I didn't know electric socks were a thing. Those (laughs) sound (laughs) dangerous. I would not put on electric socks and go to sleep. Uh, Electric blankets scare me. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely not. That was uh, that was very not something that I think that we would do in the 21st century. But hey, you know, it was dire situations there with it being so cold. But I did think it was really funny how like Hawkeye and first of all, Frank was hanging in a hammock. That was hysterical. Like Mm -hmm. that just just the imagery of that was very funny because they were in smaller quarters because they were in Henry's tent rather than the swamp at this point. And then (laughs) Hawkeye and Trapper just like seizing on Frank and like pulling at his socks was Mm -hmm. just the most funny visual that like I've seen in a while. It was very, very comical. And they're so mad at him, like (laughs) absurdly mad at him. Like, you know, Klinger's got all these clothes, like he's got like these really thick fur coats. And Frank is like, hey, where did you get that at one point? And he's like, oh, I bought it myself. And then they kind of all leave him alone. But I'm like, if you want (laughs) to take clothes from anybody, probably raid Klinger's wardrobe. Wear some, (laughs) you know, wear some fur. Um, But this whole thing with Frank and the electric socks is, again, kind of the perfect use of the Frank character. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny, this scene with Klinger. Um, Also, first of all, have to note that in a previous episode, he was in like a summer dress because he hadn't gotten dresses for winter and clearly he understood his mistake and ordered some winter dresses and a mink stole which is like that's probably a lot of money but (laughs) i don't know where Um, he gets all of his uh supplies from the sears catalog the sears catalog ethan (laughs) they must run some pretty good army discounts (laughs) (laughs) um but this scene with Actually, it's not the scene where all the guys are in the tent together, but it's a scene right before this where Margaret is actually commending her nurses and saying, you know, you guys have been real troopers, like you're doing like such a good job, you know, and they're all sleeping in one tent together. And then (laughs) she says, okay, good night, girls. And then Klinger (laughs) says, all right, good night, Major. And she throws him out of the tent. That was hysterical. (laughs) Yeah, because he, he wasn't doing anything, like, weird. He was just like, oh, well, I'm technically the girl of the group. I'm just going to sleep with them. <laughs> Klinger says, Major Houlihan threw me out of the nurse's tent. She found out I was a man. And then Hawkeye says, got to get up pretty early in the morning to fool Major Houlihan. Just <laughs> <It was> amazing. <laughs> also, I have to mention, I have to mention that I loved Margaret's look in this episode with the whole <laughs> little, like, 
hood around everything but her face. It was like so kind of cute looking that yeah. she's just completely just only her face was visible. And it was like, oh, this is so goofy, but also like what you would wear. And I love it. It's so it's so endearing. <laughs> it was very much like a converted ski mask where like a little bit more of her face was showing than in a ski mask. It was very cute that she was just like, I really don't care what I look like at this point. I just need to be warm. <laughs> and I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Also, in the second scene where they're all in the tent together, I liked how Father Mulcahy was just like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I'm going to like, <laughs> what did he say? He was like, I'm going to get the coffee beans ready for bingo in the morning. And he just left because he couldn't deal with all the shenanigans of Hawkeye and Trapper trying to steal Frank's socks. It was just too much for him. And he also says, like, after uh, literally everyone in the camp comes in, that like is a major player. He's like, oh, maybe I could sleep in the girl's tent. And then he kind of catches himself, realizing what he said. He's like, what's it? <laughs> he's like, what am I saying? <laughs> but honestly, like, you know, Father Mulcahy, he's pretty non-threatening. Like, he should go sleep with the nurses. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. He's like, he's <laughs> solid enough. I, I really like Father Mulcahy in this one. <laughs> yeah, he was great in this episode. I, I cannot wait till we get some more of his character because it's just more of this, I feel. Like, he grows mm-hmm. and changes as a character, but it's this, like, base kindness and base like just sweetness that sticks with him and i just i loved it he also makes a joke in this episode you know he made his joke and it was great it was so cute he did like this joke prayer i mean we're not christian so like i don't know what this prayer was supposed to be but (laughs) it was very cute where it was like clearly something that like little kids would say in place of like a prayer that they were supposed to say before bed and i thought that that was adorable like you said we're not christians but whenever somebody says like should i die before i wake i'm like like, oh my goodness that's such an intense thing to say (laughs) but he like makes a joke out of it and it's really kind of just sweet and endearing and it's such like a lame joke too like you said it's like clearly a kid joke but it like Mm -hmm. works so well and everybody Everybody like enjoyed it. It was a funny, yes. it was a fun time. <laughs> it was. It was very cute. It was a big contrast from like in the Mash movie. The reason why uh, Hawkeye and Trapper don't like Frank at first is because he prays at his bed. We've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, um, there was this like really quick scene where they're at just like the announcements board, and there's a bra hanging <laughs> yes. on the bulletin board. We've seen this in past episodes. I'm wondering if this is a callback to the movie. I can't remember specifically if there was a bra. But it feels very like mash movie kind of imagery, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh, you know, the, those boys being boys kind of energy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, look, you left your bra. Okay, here. I don't know whose this is. There you go. Take it if it's yours. This is really funny, too, because, uh, you know, they ha- they find like a sign of like, I'm an uninhibited nurse. I'll do anything as long as you have three piles of wood to give me. It's just, <laughs> you know, the desperation of the situation played like pretty funnily. Absolutely. And I like that it's a running gag that they keep taking all of Henry's stuff because we're basically at the end of this episode. And of course, they like get supplies and whatnot. Like the supply line like pulls through and they end up like with food, with oil, stuff like that. But by the end of it, (laughs) they had taken all of Henry's, like everything off of Henry's wall, his entire desk. He was just sitting in an empty room with a skeleton. And 
Just the slow reveal of that, like the room being utterly empty, is one of the best like <laughs> visual gags they've done in this show. So good! It was so good. This this whole episode was so much fun. Yeah, this is a definitive mash episode for me. This is definitely going on our end of season like top five list. I think unless the last like three that we have are like really good, this is definitely making it on there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So with all that said, do you have any? favorite lines of this episode so i have actually too many lines from this episode the writers just really outdid themselves with the comedy in this episode like i said at the top so good there were so many good lines just in the first five minutes but some of my favorites (laughs) were in that first uh opening where henry has called this meeting he says our supply lines have been cut and frank goes who did that (laughs) henry just has this look in his face like what are you talking about He goes, the other side, Frank. And it's just, it struck me as so, so funny. One other one that I really liked was when they were in the tent together, having to conserve heat. (laughs) Klinger comes in and Hawkeye goes, do you like to read at night? And Klinger goes, yeah. And (laughs) I think it was either Hawkeye or Trapper that says, take the cot next to Frank. He gives off a glow. I was like, what's happening here? (laughs) (laughs) I think I missed that one because they're so rapid fire in this one. They were. Along the lines of Frank, uh, I forget what Frank is mad about. It might be the incoming wounded. But he's like mad about it. And Hawkeye just goes like, oh, well, uh, you know, you should sue North Korea, Frank, Uh, which is just (laughs) so mashed to me. Um, Yeah. But my favorite line of this episode, I have to say, was in that scene where Margaret's saying goodnight to all the nurses. And she's like, oh, you did great work today. When this is all over, I'll personally accommodate all of those who acted in the most Yankee doodleist of manner, which is <laughs> so good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> I wanted to like incorporate that into my like everyday vernacular now, <laughs> just like the Yankee doodleist. <laughs> when you're volunteering for your voting things, you're just gonna say, and you have a Yankee doodleist day. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> So uh, going from that, do you have any trivia for us? Yes, I do. So um, I didn't want to leave out trivia from this episode, but there's not much to, um, like there were no guest stars in this episode or anything like that. So I decided to do a little bit of a deep dive into Larry Gelbart, who wrote this episode. So Gelbart was born in Illinois to Polish Jewish immigrant parents. He moved to Los Angeles when he was in high school, and then he was drafted into the army shortly after World War II had ended. He served one year and 11 days working for the Armed Forces Radio Services in Los Angeles. And apparently, according to him, those 11 days prevented him from being drafted into the Korean War which I thought was very interesting. Gelbart began his writing career at the age of 16 by writing for Danny Thomas's radio show, as well as later on in the 40s for Bob Hope, which was also pretty cool. Gelbert wrote the screenplay for Tootsie. I think we've mentioned that before. I think you actually mentioned that to me on mic. That was a big realization. (laughs) Yeah. And he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay of the 1977 movie Oh God, which I haven't seen, but that's pretty cool. That's quite the title. (laughs) Gelbert co-wrote the musical A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum with Bert Shevlov and Stephen Sondheim in 1962. How cool is that? That's awesome. Famous musical. That's super cool. He also wrote the book for the musical City of Angels in which he received a Tony Award for Best Book of a Musical. 
and he was inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame in 2002. So he had this really prolific writing career for both TV and Broadway, and I think that's amazing. I had no idea. That's awesome. I love when you look at anyone's career who started in like the 40s and 50s. They're all like, he started writing for this giant thing when he was 15 years old. I I'm like, know. Oh, they, they just didn't care about like child labor back then. They're like, <laughs> oh, you, you wrote a thing? Sure, I don't care how old you are. Give me it. <laughs> I love that too because it's just like, even though I don't, we don't really see that anymore that much. Like it's like few and far between. But like it just goes to show that like these creative people have like always been creative. They've been creative since like mm-hmm. birth, basically. And I think that that's so awesome. It's just that when a fifteen-year-old tries to write things now, they don't go to the TV networks that is put up on YouTube. <laughs> there you go. That's true. And then, unfortunately, uh, Gelbart passed away from cancer in two thousand nine at his home in Beverly Hills. But he did have this really amazing career and I am so glad that we looked into him today because I learned so much about him and he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love hearing stuff about the people who make this show. Maybe as it goes on more, we can have a little bit more background of the different writers and producers that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us if that's what you want to hear from trivia audience. <laughs> yes, send us a good email. So Ethan, what was your martini rating for this episode? I think it's pretty obvious based on how I talked about this, but this is a rock solid five out of five for me. I have <laughs> I have no complaints. This is probably one of my favorite episodes. And I think I say that every week, but it is true. This is probably <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, honestly, for me too, I blacked out for this episode not actually but like in our metaphors you got (laughs) super drunk off those martinis is what we're saying i wasn't sure if i was going to give this a 4.5 or a 5 but i do think that it has everything that i love about mash it had like a little bit of military like commentary it was funny it was really quick with the one-liners it utilized basically the whole cast and Klinger and father mulcahy at this point it was just really good i loved it no complaints It felt more sophisticated than your average uh, military (laughs) sitcom. It was a fine wine of an episode that we drink as martinis. (laughs) (laughs) So just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friarabalco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and of course, our listeners. Our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description as always. And join us next week for season two, episode 22, George. But until then, burn your commanding officer's desk to keep warm. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.